Opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, their station, or its advertisers. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. And I am coming to you from sunny Castro Valley, where the weather is perfect, maybe a tad bit hot, but I mean really perfect. It's a really, really nice day out, and I am glad to be with you on this Monday. Let's see here. This is August 7th, 2023, and it's you and me for the next two two hours, hour and 50 minutes to be more exact. one 367 is the number to reach me here at um, Lifeline on this, on this, again, gorgeous Monday out here. I, I love it when I wake up after a really good uh, worship Sunday, meeting all kinds of new people and, and enjoying, uh, enjoying the gang. I am recovering from a swollen Achilles heel after chasing about seven youngsters all throughout our uh our auditorium <laughs> back in the day when i was growing up in uh, in church if i ever you know spent time there uh you you couldn't play in church no it wasn't going to happen you had to go outside in our assembly our kids get to run around our big ten thousand square foot facility and uh this just it's a joyful thing to see the boys and the girls running i've watched them grow up running through the pews, running over the pews, jumping and crawling through and uh, getting quite agile, I might say. And so sitting and talking with a few people yesterday, I was just watching them and I'm thinking, okay, I'm getting better. I'm healing. I'm, I'm recovering from, uh, from surgery after a couple of years. I'm building some muscle. I'm getting my flexibility back, albeit I did injure my Achilles uh, in the um, Caribbeans a couple months ago, but I thought I was pretty good, you know. I thought I was pretty good, and it got to chasing the boys and them chasing me, and it was, like, super-duper fun. And about seven or ten minutes in, the Achilles said, hey, man, you look, you better take a break, dude. Looks like we have strained ourselves, so had to ice it down. I'm kind of limping around now, but, I mean, I really did enjoy myself and had a great time with the kids. It's good to still be able to run and crawl and climb over stuff and hang out with the youngins. You want to try it sometimes. You really do, especially since we live in such a crazy world that is filled with so many conundrums, so many bizarre things. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff we could talk about. I think I'm going to start off with a proverb the proverb says it like this. I would quote this from time to time, but I really do want to get the text right. This is the of Ecclesiastes is going to be chapter seven. And what Ecclesiastes says is around verse 14. This so I, I can recall it. It says, in the day of prosperity, rejoice. But in the day of adversity, consider. In the day of prosperity, rejoice. But in the day of adversity, consider now that's uh, that's a very good piece of information because what Solomon is saying to you and me is life is filled with prosperity, filled with adversity. For instance, I I thought I was really prosperous, like I said, but ultimately I did have a situation come up where 
Um, I hurt myself and I'm now limping around and uh, and I'm I'm kind of like okay all right Jess you gotta you gotta deal with this adversity so um, gotta heal but happy in the Lord really really am happy in the Lord and I think that what we have to learn how to do is strike the balance in the midst of this crazy world what a fiasco our country is today what a fi- fiasco our country is to the world today. And what I mean by that is not only is America a fiasco, that means in so many ways, I'm gonna I'm gonna count the ways for us as we, we prepare to talk today, but we are a fiasco, I am absolutely sure, to the world. When the world looks at America through all of the different social media outlets, I cannot help but think that they think that we are losing our minds, our cotton-picking minds, as the old folks would say in the South, uh, losing our mind. It's, it's just crazy. Welcome again to Gotham City. Would you agree with me? Crime is off the chain. Crime is off the chain. And citizens are needing to take matters into their own hands. I remember growing up in Oakland off of Seminary Avenue, little street called Hallway, and uh, and back in those days, I, in fact, I was an adult then. My children were very young at that time. They must have been about six or seven years old, maybe four or five. And we called the area at that time Dodge City. It is exponentially worse, not only because of crime, but because of the policies that reinforce the crime, the policies that have emerged over the last six to seven to ten years with all of this bizarre um, foolishness called social justice, where there was a call for a defunding of the police, which according to our Bible tells us, when the wicked rule, the people mourn. And that's where we are today. The wicked are in authority and they are implementing unrighteous policies. And these unrighteous policies are producing delirious, deleterious, if you will, outcomes that are just horrific. Now, I want to say before we go to the break, bless the old lady, that old sister in East Oakland, who when I suppose a couple of thieves thought that they would knock on her door. This is somewhere around the 80s, maybe up near Bancroft, maybe a little bit higher, according to the news report couple of knuckleheads trying to break in. And, and, you know, they're so brass today that they're breaking into people's homes while they're there. Well, they, they were trying to get, they were trying to get into the front door of a sister's house and she met them with Mr. 357. Her 357 Magnum went off one time, two times. And they took off. They took off running. Why? Because they met somebody that could meet them in their own maniacal ways. Now, sadly, they went and they got their own firearms and started shooting up the lady's house. I sure hope that those young men were caught. I hope that they weren't killed because, of course, we don't want to be killing people um, while they're on the outside of the porch and not inside of our premises because according to the backwards policies of our present uh, state, you can be in more trouble killing someone trying to break in your home and harm you than they would be breaking into your home and harming you. This is how insane backwards, this is how absurd and ridiculous, this is how ansonine the policies 
are today. These are definitely times of adversity that you are, you and I are living in. And you and I just need to, we need, we need to be careful. I, I really do suggest that. Um, we are seeing more and more events of people being robbed in, in plain daylight. We're watching women being accosted. We're watching old people being accosted. Uh, and, and, and this is the brazenness of the heart of mankind when justice is slack. As if you've been listening to me for any time, you know I've been telling you that these things are by design. They are they are legitimate. They are by design. They are part of an agenda of creating such a chaos environment that a military-style governance is going to be longed for by the people. In other words, a military state. But when you obtain a military state, when your society becomes a military state, guess what? Everybody's on lockdown then. Everybody now is under surveillance. Everybody now has to be given permission to go here and go there and do this and do that. Just ask Israel. You can see this over in Israel as well uh, and, and, a, and a few other countries to boot. But that's where we're going because our society is in transition. It's in change. It's in this whole reset. Destabilization is part of what's taking place in our world. And you really, you really can't go to sleep on it. I don't know if you heard about it, though. This was a news report in Stockton. We're at a 7-Eleven. I guess one of these thieves who have read, you know, Gavin Newsom's report that you can steal uh, items out of stores up to $1,000 and it's nothing but a misdemeanor, if that, uh, went into the 7-Eleven to uh, just, just, again, brazenly took a garbage can, walking down the aisles, and just poured all kinds of cigarettes and other paraphernalia into a large garbage can bin while mocking the owner or, um, or those who were running the store. It seems like there was two people, one security, the one that worked behind the counter. And I thought, as I'm watching this, he's just going to roll on out like so many people do. Um, a couple years ago, I talked about a guy riding through uh, Ross on a bicycle with a gar with a garbage can behind him, a, not a garbage can, but a Safeway Safeway cart behind him, and, and putting a ton of clothing in it and just riding right out. They let him go. This brother, African American, looks like he was about six feet tall, was met by one of the guards in the store tackling him, and the <laughs> Sikh brother happened to be Indian, coming back from behind the counter, grabbed a big stick and went to well in on that boy. You heard him hollering and screaming like a little kid. I mean, they whacked him. They said it was about 25 lashes. I thought that that was so cool. In other words, they didn't kill him, but they didn't let him go. They didn't give him the false perception, misperception, that he had a right to invade people's property, take their goods, and wreak havoc in their business. This is the consequence of bad policies in our nation and in our state, where people have to take these matters into their own hand. Yes, as Solomon said, in the day of prosperity, rejoice. In the day of adversity, consider. You're going to have to consider. I'm going to have to consider. We will have to consider how we are going to go about in our society today. The number is one 367 1-888-367-5329. Lots to talk about. Yours truly, Jesse Gistin, on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We will be right back. And now, back to Lifeline. 
We're back. The time is 521 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Glad to have you with me. This is Jesse Gistan. Keep you company for the next couple of hours. The number is one 367 5329 one to enter into the conversation with yours truly. I was kind of opening up talking to you just about the um, chaos that we're in, the the um, the disarray. For those of you who have been keeping up with me for a long time, I've, I've told you that we are in the midst of a, a, um, a, a social takeover, a cultural takeover, a cultural transformation, a governmental um, coup, if you will. This will help you if you want to get it. You want to wonder why our government is such a debacle on so many levels, why there is such a, again, deleterious manifestation of of policy making, and why is it that we're dealing with the kind of buffoonery that goes on in our country? It seems like every ten years you get these kind of clownish leaders, and and I don't really mean to be disrespectful to the office, but it's just it I, I, it's by design that you would get someone like Joe Biden. It's by design that you would get someone like Bill Clinton. It's by design that you would get some someone like George W. Bush. Um, and others who were caricatures of the office. And then when you begin to look at their backgrounds and you seriously consider how that they all come out of a pool of selected sort of uh, Manchurian candidates, that they all had a background in certain educational formats and, and cultural contexts by which they play the game of politics, your left-right narrative, which I've told you before, is nothing but a common plantation binary methodology to keep everybody hoodwinked. Your blue and your red are really working toward the same end uh, and are controlled by powers above, beyond, and on the outside of them as well. Uh, I woke up this morning to two fascinating interviews. One of them was really a kind of just thorough explanation by Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz, on his on his program, he has a program called Veritas. I think it's Veritas. No, it's not Veritas. Um, I'll get the name in a moment. Very good, though. Very good program where he really does get at what's going on in Washington. I want to. I want to. I want to thank God for for um, for Mr. Cruz being the kind of uh, uh, senator and congressman that is like paying really close attention to what's happening and he's he's clearly laying out for people what is taking place not only in terms of um what's happening with donald trump and all of these uh lawsuits and all of these affidavits and all of these um, indictments, if you will. These are indictments that are coming out at him. But he's also, uh, Ted Cruz is keeping up uh, very significantly and, and meticulously with the Biden crime family. But I inadvertently bumped into a uh, an interview with, um, and so Ted Cruz has all the data. You can, you can Ted Cruz podcast, that'll get you there. And you'll hear him explaining specifically what's going on and what has taken place over the last several days in Washington, D.C. And you probably just are not uh, informed about it because your, your legacy media will not do it, is that certain people who were engaged in full contact with Joe Biden and Hunter Biden are now... Um, you know, having to give sworn testimony as to the fact that those those persons uh, in view 
President Joe Biden, who was the vice president at the time, and his son Hunter Biden, was indeed engaged in massive, massive offshore businesses, foreign business deals that amount to money laundering and all sorts of other very, again, very, very obvious, very criminal, very, um, very global uh, practices that apparently, from what we're learning, goes on in Washington all the time. Yeah, the folks in Washington, you guys get to take our tax dollars after they vote on policies and behind closed doors make deals with different businesses and, and countries and live high on the hog, including your, your president. Uh, but it appears that he, he just played his cards way too loose because emails and, and, and other sources have really trapped him now. I don't know how he's going to get away with it other than the fact that Almost all of our presidents have gotten away with things that are so bad that uh, it's shameful. Um, from from one report that uh, Mr. Cruz was sharing, uh, the um, the the banking industry was tracking uh, Biden's offshore uh, business accounts. This is what wealthy people do, you guys. They create different shell businesses. These are empty businesses that don't have any kind of employee or any kind of function. They're just simply LLCs by which you can take money and launder it and wash it and send it down 25 different pathways before it gets to you indirectly. And according to, uh, again, reports by your IRS men, uh, over 170 suspicious activity reports on, on, on the Biden family. And I mean, that's the whole Biden family. And, and this stuff is coming out to people who have their ear on the pulse of what's happening in Washington. And as I stated, the world sees this because Putin knows about this. The president of China knows about this because they all do it. They know that the moral stance that America seeks to try to take when it when it asserts its authority around the world and tell people what it it believes it should do, what ground it should stand on, what territory on the planet it should occupy, is nothing but a hypocritical uh, stance of empty self-righteousness. They know that. They know that our leaders are just as inclined to corruption and, and money-grubbing, uh, 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 backdoor uh, exchanges of, of different sorts uh, where they agree to do things and uh, engage in business endeavors that frequently are at the expense of taxpayers like you and me. Um, and, and these are things that are so obvious to us, um, and we would hope that we would have an administration uh, we would hope that we would have a justice department that would that would not only look into these things, but then prosecute them because we're coming up on a presidential election here in the next couple of months. And the two leading candidates on either side of this fake plantation system called the uh, the the government of the United States branches of government, particularly the executive branch. Um, are, are, are rife with scandals. Trump is rife with all kinds of problems that are headed his way. Biden is rife with all kinds of problems headed their way. And I cannot but believe that what this will do to the American people is once again send their head down into, okay, <laughs> send their head down into the sand and cause them to say, no more, no more, I can't take it, I don't want to have to choose.
But you are going to have to choose. The American people are going to have to wake up. You are going to have to be more thoughtful. You are going to have to become brave. You are going to have to actually acknowledge the uh, inconsistencies, the contradictions, the nuances, the fallacies on the end of the right where it shows up. You are going to have to take responsibility. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed we are. And the time is Lifeline. Two lines open if you want to enter into the conversation. one 367 Two lines open if you want to enter into the conversation. one 367 And I was talking to you about what's going on in uh, our government with our with the, the two leading potential candidates for presidency in 2024 and the fiasco. And the very clear evidence that the Biden family, which is rightly called the Biden crime family, is really uh, compromised in terms of its dealings in foreign businesses, um, whether it's with China or whether it's with Ukraine or whether it's with, as one uh, uh, court-written testimony calls it, Barisma. Um, there's so much going on in this regard. Uh, I, you know, I don't know this. You know, and and, and will 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 Congress uh, have the heart and the guts to uh, to put a stop to this and and just recognize, as I as I stated earlier, you know, uh, when the wicked are in rule, the people mourn. This the the again the hypocrisy of being. Uh, the kind of person that are make, that's making millions and millions of dollars off of foreign investments as a president, and uh, and again the the eloquence and the clarity of this sworn testimony uh, by certain individuals who um, explicitly were in relationship with the Bidens, personally and explicitly in relationship with the Bidens. The sworn testimony is hard to is hard to deny. He was clearly with with uh, the Bidens. He was clearly uh, in the presence of Joe Biden. It is impossible to, um, his name is Devin Archer, his sworn testimony, it's impossible for them to overcome this. He, um, he He's a brave man, for sure. There's nothing for him to win in this. Uh, he's probably just saving his conscience. But um, our president lied under oath and several times around having nothing to do with his son Hunter Biden's business endeavors. But apparently that's not so, both from Mr. Devin Archer as well as these two IRS whistleblowers. So you and I, you know, you and I are, are we're dealing with some extremely volatile times. And, uh, and, and to boot... The, the 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 worldwide destabilization and disruption and and problematic relationships going on uh, between the East and the West, China and Russia is making a lot of headway in Africa. And and you and I can imagine understanding how NATO works, understanding how the CIA works, understanding how covert operations work in that poor country called Africa, great but poor in the sense that they have been plundered for so many uh, years, so many centuries now. Um, it's starting to wake up to 
the disadvantages of its relationship with the West. And uh, Putin has made his move. The president of China has made their move on uh, on on Africa, and Africa is starting to move towards uh, China and uh, and uh, and 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 Russia. And what does that mean for you and me? Really simple. I can tell you what it is. You you, you may think it will amount to nothing, but in reality, you and I are going to see it in the inflation of everything that goes up around us. We're going to see it in costs. We're going to see it in policies. We're going to see it in so many different ways because our dollar is shrinking as we speak. And also our relationship at the commerce level um, is now compromised. And you are going to look up a year from now and you're going to discover that um, there's a whole lot less of everything uh, for you and I to, to possess. This is what Solomon meant when he said, in the day of adversity, consider. This is what you and I are going to be struggling with. And I actually shared this with you about two years ago at the beginning of the pandemic when I told you that uh, after this, this, this so-called worldwide scare of a, uh, a virus uh, bringing people into conformity to the new biomedical surveillance state which we're in, um, there would begin to be a uh, a diminishing of our monies, a a, um, a a devaluing of the dollar, and we would enter into a a period of recession. And we're in that recession now. Um, if we could see the world through one fell swoop, we would recognize that people are starving around the world, and that lots of people, even in America, even in our own state, California, is going through really, really difficult times really, really difficult times paying the bills and just sustaining themselves. And it's not going to get any better anytime soon, given the kind of policies we're engaging in. Now, the only question that I'm raising and have been raising for the last couple of years, seeing these, these particular prognostications occur in the economic world, as well as in the larger geopolitical you know, atmosphere, I have been simply raising the question, what is the goal? But my answer comes quickly. I told you we are in a destabilization realm, a, 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 a process by which the globalists, the New World Order people, your World Economic Forum folks, your Davo folks, your G20, all of the knuckleheads that think that they can create a better world than you and I live in, they are for open borders. This is an open society move. This is why you've got so many uh, illegal immigrants being dropped off in cities all around America and throughout the nation and even around the world, and, and no one's really doing anything about it. A few politicians are, you know, saying something, but most are allowing it to happen because this is part of the new world order. You and I will see a real different world over the next seven years, and the issue will be what will you do about it? What, what, what are we going to do about the things that are taking place in our life to better ourselves, to get ourselves in a better position? If you're a married man with family, you have to be thinking about this. You have to be able to see the evil afar off and adjust for it. You have to be able to have some foresight, some insight, some hindsight in order to make the right move. All right, I'm going to begin to go to the phone lines. The lines are open. Two lines are open. one 367 one Let's go to line number one and talk with Jermaine from Alameda. Jermaine, are you there? Oh, yes, I am. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm doing very well. Um, you know, I meant to bring up the uh, 
Stockton incident with the the 7-Eleven owners who had enough is maybe uh, proof of much of what you said, but you, you already kind of alluded to that. But I kind no, of wonder unpack it. We can talk about that. Oh, okay. Well, you know, um, I, personally, I, I kind of wonder if what we're seeing is is uh, people reaping the benefits of a self-perpetuated curse that they placed on themselves. They, they didn't want God. They didn't want cops. You know, they everyone was marching and angry a couple of years ago, and now that they get what they thought they wanted, they, they're trying to return it. And, you know, I know it's bad when you see people in inner-city communities where police may not be liked that much. It's bad when you see those same people now virtually begging for officers to assist. And, you know, I know some people who are on certain forces, and it's not, it's not all their fault. There's just not enough people to go around at this point. And they ran them off through mandates and, and crazy policies, and now, you know, it's time to kind of, kind of count the, uh, the way they say the chickens come home to roost, and and people are angry now. And the, the issue is, it's not getting better; it's getting worse. These criminals are getting more and more brazen. I'm seeing young people do things in the streets and out in the open where some of them aren't even shielding their faces and they're posing for the camera on the way out because they know nothing is going to happen to them. So these policies are insane and. You know, you really have to be careful what you ask for because when you get it, it's kind of hard to return it now. You, you can't close Pandora's box. And the, the incident in 7-Eleven for me, you know, some people might have a different opinion, but I actually kind of enjoyed it. You know, it was, uh, it was like a good old-fashioned whooping that we used to get in, in our household. And in my opinion, I think they saved that man's life because if he kept I, on... You totally. It, yeah, if you're so brazen that you're going to take a trash can and walk as you steal hundreds of dollars worth of, of stuff from people who are trying to do their best to work and, and provide for their families, then eventually you're probably going to lose your life. So I think a good whooping is uh, something that, that was justified in that situation. And, you know, I watched it several times, and not that I was enjoying seeing a man scream, but I was enjoying seeing someone finally get some, some of the benefits of their actions. You know, they, they got consequences, and he was able to walk out, and he won't be charged with the crime. I think he got off easy, and that was mercy. You know, if we were in Dubai or in other parts of the Arabic culture and, and nations, uh, something like that would put him in jail indefinitely um, because they understand the um, the principle of, of law and order. We don't. Um, I, I did uh, embrace a level of satisfaction with him getting his tail whipped only because he looked like he was at least as tall as you, if not bigger and, and healthy. And, and it wasn't but about a two-by-two-inch stick. It wasn't like he was the, um, the owner or the, um, the clerk was using a two-by-four. So he wasn't really... And, uh, it's just that a, a stick does hurt. And uh, he needed to be whacked significantly. And he was also hit on his legs, as you and I would know, if anybody watched it. So we're not or any kind of uh, brute punishment on the face or in the uh, vital organs. No, he was just getting hit in the legs uh, and in his butt, and rightly so. He could have took 50 uh, lashings as far as I'm concerned because of the arrogance and pompousness and the, the attitude that he had walking up in there, which apparently was not the first time he had committed such things. But also to your point before, uh, we go to the break. You are right. The criminal activity is so brazen. I was watching a few clips 
um, uh, or Megan Kelly as she was interviewing Bob Jackson from Axel Gospel Church along with uh, with an advocate for the NAACP. And they're all crying out needing more police officers now. They want more police officers now. Um, back a couple years ago, it was, it was kind of a, a quietness, you know, because people were bowing down to the false god of woke ideology and, uh, and, and, and anti-social justice reparations. Um, what is just it's just a delusional system that they they bought into and we're recognizing now you cannot have prosperity you cannot have peace you cannot have joy you cannot have order or hope where we are lawless lawlessness is the precursor to chaos which is the precursor to hell and and we know that and um, if you think about third world countries are countries where where people are used to taking law matters into their hands, but they do have uh, ethical and moral uh, propriety. They know how to deal with people like this young man who came up into the store, discipline him, uh, reprove him, correct him, uh, and then send him on his way. A lot of that happens in countries where uh, law enforcement is not as adequate or available or as competent as you need it to be. And when it's not, you got to take matters into your own head. As I had also stated concerning the older woman who had to use her 357 to let those fellas know, you're not coming up into my house and taking my goods and beating me and traumatizing me. I'm an old lady, but I got my friend with me. This used to be that the way that it used in order to detour got to let you go because I'm on a heartbreak. I really appreciate your call. I must say, I just do not believe this is by accident. When Gavin Newsom and his cronies up there in Sacramento uh, implement these kind of policies, it is for the deterioration of our culture in order to implement martial law, in order to create a police state, in order to create variance between uh, people groups, in order to create fear so that they can control us. And uh, people better hurry up and wake up, like you said, because we're we're suffering the consequences of our action. Call my dear brother. Three lines open: one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. You're listening to the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Yes, we are, and the first hour is almost up. The time is 5.51 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. And it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Monday on August uh, 7th, 2023. Three lines open, one 888 Three lines are open, one 888 And I'm simply trying to uh, keep the conversation going about where you and I live. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5 that we are to be circumspect. That means we are to have a encompassing view of our environment. Know where we are, know our contents, the calamity, know the chaos, know our culture, because we live here. We have to be able to negotiate, navigate, and work through all this because... Um, the goal of darkness is to wait for you to not be watching before they get at you. And, and I certainly to any of the people that we love and care about, that they would be out, our son, our daughters, um, our wives, and, and, and what have you, you know, thinking that they live in a safe society. It's not safe anymore. You need to be careful. 
uh, and, and you need to lock your doors at home at night and you need to sleep with a, just a little bit more of an apprehension and uh, maybe do like, uh, like the old sister does, you know, learn how to count. Uh, uh, odd numbers one three five seven three five seven three five seven if you if you understand what I mean because you know I, I would hate for that evil to come up on you or nine millimeter nine millimeters these are all numbers you, you know how that goes um and, and and it's so important for you to 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 have a plan just in case you bump into these unfortunate events I was watching again. Uh, Megan Kelly talking to uh, Bishop Jackson and, and, and a representative as well, and she showed a video of a sister here in Oakland driving her car, and fortunately she had her cam camera on while she was driving, and a guy had sped up in a charger. In fact, it was two African-American males that sped up in a charger and turned in three. This here is somewhere in the Oakland Hills. He turned and blocked the streets so that she couldn't get around but you could hear her going, oh, God, younger lady. And they jumped out of the car and started coming towards her. And she hit the gas, went on around, and got on down the hill. Well, another person would have panicked. Another person would have stopped. Another person would have just opened the door and let those guys come in and take her car and her goods. And who knows what else would have occurred. For her, she took the flight mode. A lot of people are going to just be frightened because they're not prepared. She took the flight mode. It was daytime, so she figured, hey, if they're going to kill me, they're going to have to kill me while I'm running. And bless her heart, she got away. And plus, she had the camera on, gave me, gave me some ideas. I think you and I should also be having cam, camcorders uh, on our vehicles, just like the police do, and other people, just in case a, a crime comes your way. That will certainly help law enforcement. These things you have to think about. We are living in evil times, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let me talk to my friend Leslie from San Francisco about maybe what we can do on the ground here in the Bay Area uh, to change some of these conditions, either at the academic level, if not at the um, social and political level. Line number two is Leslie there. Yes. Hi, Pastor Jesse. Hi, Leslie. How are you? So uh, I'm great. So one of the things that we can do not on the national level, but really at the local level, in addition to our physical safety, is to run for office or to support candidates. Uh, we have to get we have to get people that are better leaders. They're running for the right reasons. They're people of integrity, so the people don't have to mourn anymore. We have to take action to change who we have representing us. And so uh, Tom Wong and I are doing a star search. We're going all over Alameda County, encouraging and training people how to run for elected office in 2024. And we're also recruiting people to support all these new candidates so we can have a truly representative government and get things done. I agree with you. I totally agree that uh, there's a point that becomes obvious to us when there is a level of brokenness at the systemic level uh, politically and socially and structurally where um, where good people, good citizens, law-abiding citizens are, are being called 
they're being called to, 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 to do something. And this has always really been the case. I'm sure you know this. People really want to mind their own business. We'd love to be able to let somebody else do the good job of uh, policy making at the local level. Uh, but like you said, once we look up and realize that we're having some really bad choices, we're dealing with some really uh, nefarious policies, we're dealing with some unacceptable outcomes, then maybe it's time for us uh, to get involved ourselves. And I, I definitely appreciate what you and Tom are doing in terms of opening that door to, uh, to, to, to cudgel people, to, to prompt them, and to give them an opportunity. For instance, I know you guys gather um, to educate and to, and to inform and to, to, to help people who might want to get involved. Where are you guys at this week? Uh, we're meeting this Saturday, August 12th, at the Castro Valley Public Library at 10.30 oh, cool. a.m. until 12.30 p.m. And the address Are you still there? there? Re yes. So we're meeting Did at I the Castro Leslie? Valley. Yes. Can you hear oh, okay, me? Okay, there we go. Yeah, I can, I can hear you. Yeah. I guess we reconnected. Yeah, say that again, because I think you said 10.30 this Saturday at the Castro Valley Library. Right. That address there is 3600 Norbridge Avenue in Castro Valley. And we're meeting in the Chabot Canyon room. Yeah, this won't be hard to find. I, I think I think I'm going to try if I'm not tied up with something. I'm going to try to do a cameo uh, and stop through. That's great. I, I'm I'm very glad. So, how are you guys feeling about the efforts so far? Is do you need to do more, or is are we getting traction? Are people showing yeah. up? Are they are? Yeah, we're getting good traction. Uh, we're meeting Excellent. twice a month. Uh, we're meeting, as I said, this Saturday in Castro Valley, and next. Uh, then the next meeting will be in uh, 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 Oakland, Rock Ridge, and then next month we're meeting in Livermore. So we're going all over Alameda County because there, in fact, there are 100, over 120 elected offices that are up for election in 2024. And people, you know, some of them are full-time, but many of them are part-time. They meet like once a month. It might be Hayward right. Rec and Park or East Bay Mud. So people can get right. involved all different levels that's really good i think what i probably will want to do maybe is have an extended conversation next time and just kind of talk about all of those availabilities as well so um i don't know maybe you can send me some information about the different um the different openings that people can can be considered Probably need to just sure. talk about that for a segment and just kind of let folks know because I I know that we've got a lot of people listening and but you know this is such a um, is kind of an aloof thing people don't have real tangible uh, uh, perception or or sensibilities about what it means to get involved at the local level and maybe we need to flesh that conversation out more fully to help people think okay that's right down the street oh okay a couple times a month oh i could i might have time for that and 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 that can be the beginning of something so um give me give me tom tom's uh, email address so people can get at him once again uh leslie before i let you go yes okay tom wong usa that's t-o-m-w-o-n-g usa at gmail.com 
Yep, TomWongUSA at gmail.com, you guys. TomWongUSA at gmail.com. Not hard to find, and you can email them if you're interested. They will definitely get back with you. Um, we need to do more. Um, we do need to do more than uh, become informed. We need to get involved. We need to pray. We need to uh, employ our gifts and skill sets. If we can't do it, we can help others to do it. I'm sure you guys know that. So I want to encourage you along those lines. And, and Leslie, I, I appreciate the call in every week. I'm glad to do my part in that regard. And um, I'm looking forward to stepping in for a few minutes and seeing how it goes on this Saturday, 1030 at the Castro Valley Library here in Castro Valley. People will be able to find it. So thanks for the call. Thank you, Pastor Jesse. All right, bye-bye. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. All the lines are open. We can talk about anything, theological, practical, sociological, psychological. We can get into it, political, anything. All the lines are open. one 367 5329 1-888-367-5329. 1-888-367-5329. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. The time is 6.07 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Glad to have you with me. Yours truly, Jesse Gistan. And uh, I'd love to hear from you. one 367 1-888-367-5329. 1-888-367-5329. If you want to call and uh, add to the conversation, uh, enjoyed Leslie and um, Jermaine's uh, dialogue around these political, social, practical issues that are not going away. I don't know if you noticed, but you just can't pretend that it doesn't exist because it comes right up on you. Uh, one of the things that I am doing as I am observing the move, because these things were in the plans for a long time. If you read Klaus Schwab's Reset, The Great Reset, or you can actually uh, you can read different books by different authors that have been explaining and, and letting letting us know throughout the nation and around the world what what kind of movements would be taking place in the, the 2020s to 2030s. It's, this is a 10-year run here, uh, and, and, and it started. Um, I don't know if you understand the, the, the ubiquity, the ubiquitousness of the siege that's taking place in our world. Uh, so I'm going to lay out a kind of scenario for you, since no one's on the line right now. I'm going to see if you 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 can you can track with it, and you can join me, and we can talk about it. Way at the top of the rung, way at the top of the um, ionic sphere of uh, of human purpose, at the top of the scale is what we call the globalist. The globalist is not a conspiracy theory. You can just Google it. And if you're too lazy to Google it, then then you you love darkness rather than light. So you, you globalism is a real thing. It is an ideology. It's a worldview. It's a it's a it's a political, social, geopolitical, social concept and con construct for changing society. The globalists have been around for a long time. This is really a sort of uh, communism on steroids. I, let me make my argument. Not communism in the classical sense of Marxist communism, but cultural communism in the sense that a globalist community, a globalist worldview is really about leveling the playing field in some kind of false egalitarian uh, system 
that could never ever really truly exist, but leveling the playing field by making sure our striving towards everyone living in a common system of subsistence or existence with a uh, uh, an overarching or hierarchical structure governing from the top down all that you need, all your resources. And those resources that you would need would be dictated by the globalist. Uh, right now, uh, prominent in their uh, in their in their their sort of ubiquitous sieging agenda, the agenda to siege humanity, all a billion of us, um, is the agenda of Bill Gates and uh, people like the World Health Organization, and again. Uh, the folks from Davos, as well as Klaus Schwab, and many of the pinion, minions that are under his spell. You can go online and look up the recent Davos gathering, and yours truly, um, Joe Biden, was there, sitting there somewhat comatose, but buying into Klaus Schwab's uh, propaganda and rhetoric as if he was sitting in front of you know some guru. And uh, by and large, they're all walking in lockstep, implementing policies that direct, directly impact you for which you have no say in them whatsoever. And you don't really know it because things appear to be quasi-normal, although there's a part of your conscious that tells you it's not. So your normalcy bias mechanism is saying, I want to believe everything is all right. I definitely don't want to believe that what PJ is saying is absolutely true. I, I want to believe that he's distorted, that he's somewhat irrational, and that he is extreme, and that what he is saying is not really as real as he is making it out to be. Well, um, that's the privilege of living in a bubble. That's the privilege of isolating. That's the privilege of, of, of even being in a very paradoxical way um, in the economic prosperity that you and I experience here in the West and certainly in California. Although California is one of the most liberal states that is given over to the globalist open society, um, hyper bio uh, security state agenda because it's implementing it as we speak. Um, you and I still have enough prosperity to feel like we're doing okay, like we're free to do what we want, but we're being squeezed in as you know it. You can't go where you want to, when you want to, how you want to, because I've already warned you that you're going to bump into some goon in a minute. So it's important for you and I to know that while we are sleeping, the enemy is working. They've been doing this for decades, for millenniums. And nothing is going to change in the positive um, automatically or by itself. I predicated upon people laboring and working to push back the forces of evil, which you are hearing. If God has allowed you to have an ear for good conversation, for good ideas, for right thinking, for sound policies, for grounded worldviews that are consistent with biblical morals, ethics, and, and values, with a worldview that actually is designed to be helpful and productive for citizens, a worldview that actually corresponds with reality, like 
we do know what has gone on in history around the world up to now. Uh, Jesus made it very plain. Wars and rumors of wars shall take place until the end. We know the four horsemen of the apocalypse are operating in our societies simultaneously. We know that. We deal with war. We deal with famine. We deal with death. We deal with the ministry of the proclamation of the gospel. All four of those are happening all at the same time, and sometimes more prominent than others in different places. But you and I are seeing a definite change, and one of them is uh, is economically. Uh, in another year from now, you are going to be remarkably surprised at how things will cost. You will be more, remarkably surprised at how few things will be on the shelf. And they already told you this from the, the, the larger United Nations meetings and, and from some of the national meetings. Your president told you that this was happening because he was told that this is the way to do it. So all the countries that are buying into the lockstep agenda of moving towards a new world order and a reset are all implementing these policies that are leading to chaos and disorder and therefore loss and diminishing. That's where you and I are. Loss and diminishing is taking place because we have chosen chaos rather than order. We have chosen darkness rather than light. We have chosen the enemy of righteousness rather than the living God. And the nation that forgets God will be turned in many times. This is where we are headed. And even though it's happening slowly, it's still happening. So people are proverbially on the deck of the Titanic, eating dinner and listening to the musicians as the ship gradually tilts because it's being filled with water. And no one wants to say anything because when you don't know what to do about it, the best thing to do is to just go into what is called denial or unreal, unreal reality. And this is what a lot of people do. And on top of that evil that's going on, guess what else is going on? Our leaders, our government, are making policies to take your kids away from you and turn them into transhumans via the process of transgenderism as we speak. And your, school, your schools are largely nothing but propaganda institutes as we speak. That's middle school, high school, and colleges. And it's going to get worse. Now, the only person that can stop this is us. That means you're going to have to get involved. You're going to have to do something, fight, or flight. But fright is not going to help. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and things will be better automatically. It's not happening. I want you to visualize the fact that you're dealing with a coup taking place in your government. It's a psychological coup. It's a, it's a sociological, political coup. The people that call themselves Democrats are not Democrats. And many that are calling themselves Republicans are not Republicans. They're globalists. They hate nationality. That's why they hate Trump. The ide ideology of Donald Trump is America first. You and I are in some real trouble. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Four lines open. All the lines open. one 888 one And yes... The Antichrist system is about to emerge with a, another aspect of this pseudo-religious dogma that's being heaped upon us. I'll talk to you about that when we come back from the break. Be right back. 
And now, back to Lifeline. Indeed, we are the time is 621. We have one half hour to go. A couple of breaks between then and now. But if you want to chat with yours truly, Jesse Gistan, PJ, they call me in our circles. Give me a call, one 367 if you want to add to the conversation or the topic. Before we go to the phone lines, I want to broaden our perspective, our purview, um, much more globally. I'm, I'm looking right now at uh, the African nation and watching the moves that it's making in the Congos, in uh, Uganda, in Kenya, uh, in Tanzania, and, and a few other of the 50-plus uh, nations that make up Africa, and they're decisive and critically um, challenging move to uh, break away from American hegemony uh, hegemony and American uh, influence in Africa the way that America and France and, and Europe has been able to, through NATO, plop down its own military uh, stratagems and, uh, uh, and presence in that country uh, to the advantage of, again, NATO and uh, the West. And apparently, uh, these African countries have been uh, have, have have not been the better for it at length, and now they are moving away from America and moving towards China, and they're developing their own currency, China, Africa, and Russia. Now, for those of you who may be deeply involved in the geopolitical ideology that underpins what's going on in the East, a lot of it is definitely Marxist. There's no doubt about it. But here's what I would say to you, and me. Uh, that there are many people in the West here in America that's completely happy about what's taking place in the divide between the West and the East because they really want a nuclear war. Uh, this is your military-industrial complex that you were warned about by Eisenhower, John F. Kennedy, and many people that love our country telling you we've got these, we've got these institutions that they're all for war. Ukraine is not about Ukraine. And it's not about America, uh, even though our politicians love to pull your coattails and coat strings, your emotional coat strings, and get you to buy into the dialectic, the left-right narrative. Putin bad, Ukraine good. Well, when you dig deeper down into that whole analysis, you come to discover that there's that, too, is nothing but a big, uh, big part of a larger conglomerate of a money-making scheme for the elite, for the wealthy, for the prominent, for the politicians. Both the politicians in the Republican Party and the Democratic Party has had their hands inside of the uh, Ukraine for many, many years. And not only are they involved in, uh, in uh, racketeering, involved in um, corrupt money-making schemes, businesses uh, here and their NGOs, but they're also involved in the um, bioweapons uh, uh, lab uh, proliferation around the world as well. The, the, the weaponized bio lab proliferation around the world. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and that's one of the reasons why your major media outlets are going to control what you hear about what's going on in uh, Ukraine so that you don't get the facts. Uh, because your job is to simply uh, do whatever the government says via the neo-pravda uh, legacy media in our country. 
So unless you do the hard work on your own to really find out what's going on in relationship to our larger global agenda, you and I are going to look up and we're going to hear very unsettling news. If the transition that's taking place in Africa with China and uh, Russia uh, solidifies with other uh, nations moving in to become a part of it, and there is a substantial breach in the relationship between America, let's say France and Europe in Africa, because about 20 or 24 of the nation states in Africa are in relationships with, uh, with, uh, with the West and with NATO, um, the sad reality is, is that there could be escalating wars in our motherland, Africa which will impact everybody on the planet as well. I'm simply sharing that with you because what you also need to know, my dear American brothers and sisters, is that what goes on around the world impacts us here as well. And uh, you are already told by your beloved president that we're going to go through some real winters, some real hard times economically, but uh, he and his family won't actually be going through it because the wealthy people that sit on top of the banking industry and that make policy always secure themselves in the midst of difficulties to be able to maintain their lavish lifestyle, even though you and I are called upon to eat vegetables and synthetic meat, meats that are RNA technology ridden. That's filled with all kinds of uh, potential toxins, potential mechanisms that will actually diminish your health and put you into a controlled dependence upon the World Health Organization uh, taking care of you. And that is really going to be the system that they want to implement to really control us. It is going to be, the um, again, the global health system for total uh, health governance. That's the kind of euphemistic terminology they use. The global health system for global health governance for everyone on the planet. You will have all of your information uh, posited in one system where we can know where you are, what you're up to, know your vitals, uh, remind you of, of updates, remind you of visitation, remind you of appointments, and then, and then be able to actually affect your vitals from here because of implemented technology under your skin or in your blood system. This will be a brave new world where you will own nothing and you'll be happy about it. This is a system that they're already trying to implement now, and silly people like your far-left countries um, are already buying into it. Sweden and other places like this are already engaging in this biotechnology that is hybriding uh, synthetics with uh, human organic reality to try to uh, transcend, if you will, uh, the uh, organic binary distinctions between male and female as God created us. This is the new world order, and they're going to try to force that upon you and me. Uh, no doubt about it, and they're starting with our children. Um, so yeah, this is this is this is where we are. I have two lines left open: one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Luis is online. One Audi is online too. I'm going to talk to you a little bit longer, and then we're going to go to a break. When we come back from the break, we'll have more conversation. But my heart goes out to the African people because I'm listening to several of the eloquent uh, statesmen and uh, former politicians who have thrown their hat back into the fray to become part of the transition of Africa from dependence upon the dollar uh, to 
um, a new uh, economic system with Russia and China. And when you listen to their <clears throat> analysis, their critique of the West, in many ways they are dead on. I'm saying to myself, the African people understand our wickedness better than we do. They see through the scam in American politics better than Americans do. They understand the false promises that we make better than we do. They also, they also are offended by American politicians thinking that they can go over to Africa, i.e. Kamala Harris, and tell them that unless you buy into our woke ideology of, uh, of, of perverting our children and asserting that the children can des designate their own gender uh, almost as soon as they are born, and unless you comply with, confirm, and affirm their, uh, uh, their, their gender, uh, we will withhold finances from you. We will withhold monies from you. That's what Kamala said uh, to Kenya and what she said to uh, Uganda, and they, and they told her, you can go on back to America with all that. We do not buy your corrupt morals. You will not tell us what to do. I mean, she had to leave with her tail between her legs because she was under a fool's errand of asserting that she could take this, this, this godless woke doctrine and force it down people's throats because we have been used to strong-arming people because of our thuggish uh, geopolitical strategies historically. But here we are now with nations saying no to America. The only thing we need to do now is say no to America as we know it and, uh, and then begin to work towards restoring the America that we believe is worthy of being a model and exemplar for the world, a, an America that believes in a solid, uh, empirical-based, evidence-based, scientific, Bible-based, God-fearing, moral, ethical framework of existence that honors men and honors women and honors children at the organic level at the organic, natural, biological level and honors territory and honors hard work and honors land and honors property instead of thinking it can take it from us and then just turn us into a system of slaves. That's the battle that we're fighting, ladies and gentlemen, whether you know it or not. It'll be upon you in a few minutes and then we'll all have to try to make our way. It's the Monday edition of Lifeline. The number is one 367 5329 Gonna take a break. When I come back, I'll take your phone calls on this Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed, we are. Two lines open if you want to ch chime in on our conversation. one 367 one By the way, the weather is great. And in two weeks from last Saturday, this will be August 19th, Grace Bible Church will be having its annual barbecue fellowship. Its annual barbecue, fel barbecue fellowship at Heather Farms Park in Walnut Creek. We start gathering around 10 a.m., setting up tents and setting up chairs and tables and preparing for a massive banquet of food. And then uh, we start organizing for games and play and conversation and just a great time. Um, every time we have it, uh, and I think we've done it for almost 20 years with the exception of COVID, um, uh, it's just been uh, spectacular because the weather is great and uh, Heather Farm Park is just a nice environment to, to chill, eat, get to meet people, know people some. 
calling on all of the good folks that know us at Grayson Hayward to join us on the 19th, August 19th. You can show up about 11 o'clock after all of the heavy lifting is done. Uh, and, uh, and and bring maybe a, a lawn, lawn chair or something for yourself, uh, you and your, your, your friends, whoever you want to bring out, and uh, just enjoy great conversation, good music. My band will be out. We'll just throw out a few oldies for you and uh, just keep the rhythm going. And uh, let the kids just spread out right before school and have a great time. Grace Bible Church's annual barbecue fellowship in um uh, this will be in uh, Walnut Creek at Heather Farms Park on August 19th, about 11 o'clock. Put that on your calendar if you're not doing anything. Uh, and if this is your first time coming out, that'll be great. I'd look forward to um, to meeting you if you want to join us. And by the way, that was, um, I was talking about um, Ted Cruz's podcast. It's a very, very good podcast that, that, informed about what's going on is actually called The Verdict. Ted Cruz's The Verdict. Great podcast. No nonsense. They really do get at it. Have a great time. Let's go to line number one and talk to Lewis and Hayward. Lewis, are you there? Hello. Hello, Pastor Jesse. How are you? I'm great. What's going on with you, man? Hey, uh, yeah, I was uh, I was hearing about what you said about the African Union and that, you know, I, I just and I, uh, I think that you're absolutely correct because uh, they've been really, been really loud than the American church in the three years combined when it talked about uh, like transgenderism and rejecting uh, this woke stuff. And I, yeah. I can understand. I'm sorry. I can understand why uh, why uh, America, uh, not America, but uh, why uh, African is Africa or African Union is uh, more so going over to. Russia and uh, Russia and China because it's just so it's just so, really just so aggressive. Uh, America is strong handling uh, African Union way aggressive. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's it's, it's it, it, the arrogance and the pompousness, Lewis, where by America and if you listen to their dignitaries, if you listen to their statesmen, if you listen to. Um, their, their ministers, they will tell you that frequently American politicians like Pelosi will um, have them come over to America uh, and they will have to catch regular buses or get charter buses to be taken to, you know, these special meetings, <clears throat> excuse me, these special meetings. But when American dignitaries and, and representatives go over there, they get to have special military protection and your big secret services uh, vehicles that are, um, you know, uh, weaponized and uh, and armored up <clears throat> just in case something goes down. In other words, from what I've heard several times, American politicians are so arrogant and pompous in their dealings with our African brothers and sisters is that they assume and arrogate to themselves superiority over them uh, when in reality they need, we need the resources, the natural resources of Africa more than they need us. And we're coming to discover that. You can only abuse people so long before they disavow you from importance in their life. They will find somebody else to deal with, and that's what's going on. And particularly, the line was drawn around the notion that we could go over there and strong-arm them into buying into this woke foolishness that would lead to the destruction of our children. 
somebody has to stand up and say, hey, uh, we're, we're adults in the house. We're not going for that crap. We believe God. We fear God. And we're going to trust God through it. And, and when you listen to those dignitaries speak, they speak with clarity. They speak with depth. They speak, they speak with historical veracity. They speak with a level of, of broad philosophical uh, clarity and understanding. It makes me proud to know them as Africans because they're, they're deeply knowledgeable <clears throat> about all of the different political complexities that have gone on over the last 40, 50, 60 years. You're not pulling the wool over their eyes. It just reminds me of how arrogant and pompous and how reprobate our our present political system is and how they, we're not worthy of a relationship with them. And so whatever a man, the Bible is clear about this, that uh, we, we need to be careful about what we do because if we're not, then we'll lose what we have. And that's where we are. We're in the takeaway mode and we're losing out on those benefits. And uh, we can learn a lesson, Lewis, from those folks in Africa. I'll give you the last word before I let you go. Okay, thank you. Uh, yeah, we can even spread it further to uh, woken the culture of the of, uh, of Americans. I remember for years uh, this uh, this woke stuff said that uh, Africa was poor because of what the white men did back in colonization, right. as if they can't right. rise above it. I remember. Uh, India, uh, Britain was colonized by India, but yet they got their economy going, they got their their culture going, everything is working right, and they're, they're talking as if Africa cannot do it. I think so. I that is also, uh, if I was African, I would have been offended by that. And so, and now 100%. you have today. Now today, I, I remember uh, that uh, that African uh, presentation where uh, where that you sent, where they was all in a conference and. Uh, yep. And they all have like military uniforms on, and uh, yes, sir. I remember that. Uh, remember that. Uh, the, I think it was the pri- it was the minister or the prime minister. He wore green. He was bald. He had a, a, sure. a flag on his sure. on his chest, and he was talking about uh, Pan Africanism. And what I noticed sure. that was really strange to me was that when I hear like uh, Pan African in America, it's like uh, trying to get our own land and. Uh, hating the white man and stuff like that, but yet when he talked about, he called European friends, he called Chinese friends, and he called uh, European friends and stuff like that. And so we don't even have, so they have two different Pan Africanisms going on. And so I thought that was uh, interesting to me, and I said, okay. And and you, no, it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. I'm gonna let you go. I, I'm I'm gonna be talking more about it in the weeks to come because what I would expose anyone the dialogue conversations that are going on by those African dignitaries because they are a much more cultured, much more disciplined, much more structured, much more deliberate uh, group of men and women communicating with the kind of richness and parsing work at hominems or pejoratives, just, you know, the silly stuff that we're doing in the, in the West uh, you are absolutely right. When you go away from their speeches, you are encouraged and edified because they're using language called the language of unity. We're using the language of division. That's what that's what a godless Marxism is here today. Godless neo-Marxist fascism is the language of division. It's the language of divide. It's the language of conquer. 
And everybody knows it when they sense it. And this is what America is going to have to overcome, too, the language of division, the language of divisiveness. We're going to have to overcome the false constructs of blacks against whites and, and, and whites against blacks and, and, and males against females. These false constructs are what's keeping us weak and not able to actually recover our own government. <clears throat> so Africa is going to teach us what we need to do in order for us to have a kind of unity for us to get back into a proper pathway of freedom and prosperity. Thank you for the call. Going to take a hard break. When I come back, I'll get you Adi and John before we close. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed we are. Let's see, 10 minutes to go on this Monday edition of Lifeline. Let's go to line number two and talk with Audie in Sacramento. Audie, are you there? Hi, Pastor Jesse, how are you? I'm great. What's going on, young lady? So I was wondering, I remember when you did the marriage class, how you were saying everything that's going on with men, as I'm seeing on social media and things of that nature, where men kind of don't really want to take the initiative in a sense. But we beat them down a lot, so I'm not trying to say we we don't beat them down. But I remember you saying that women are going to have to step up, and it reminded me about I think it was Deborah when she like people try to make her seem like she was a pastor, but she went to the men and was like, "This is what you need to do. Go ahead and go do it, and I'm gonna back you up with it." How do we women do Agreed. that now? Yeah, no, that's phenomenal. That I'm glad you caught that because um, I've taught it that way forever. Um, yeah, the the in in my last segment before we left the break, I was warning about this divisiveness that goes on in our country. Godless Marxism mm-hmm. is divide, divide and conquer. And, and you, you already know that we've gone through the cycle of feminism. We've gone through the cycle of emasculation of men. Now we're in the cycle of destroying the family and taking the children and, and, and turning the kids into monstrosities. First getting in their head and telling them that they are not who they are consistent with their physical, biological expression and makeup. And so now they can, you know, take on 55 different identity markers and chop themselves up into different pieces and call it reality. Um, This is a horrible, horrible manifestation of the agenda of what used to be uh, the prominent uh, delusion of the Black Lives Matter movement with the leaders who were uh, no Marxists as well as uh, committed to the destruction of the nuclear family. Um, As a believer... You know, as believers, what we what we know is that the only way back to freedom and prosperity is to uh, recover a biblical worldview, and that is men need to be men and women need to be women. And um, the question that you're raising, Adi, is so germane. How do women help men to, you know, to recover and rediscover their calling as men to be protectors, providers, and producers uh, I, I can only say in every in every way possible, first and foremost, as young women, as yourself, just work on developing who you are, um, become fully confident and competent as a female under God, uh, and then equip yourself to not only live in the fullness of what it means to be a female under God in your individual status, supporting your sisterhood first, but being ready for that potential coupling with a, a young man that would be uh, willing to take on a life partner who will help support him in being the kind of man that he's called to be. I mean, I can't, I can't say it any simpler than Scripture did when it calls the woman to be the man's helper. 
Uh, I will reduce it down to what the Bible says, be his Eber, be his alternative ground of strength so that he can have the support needed for him to be all that he is called to be. There is no reason for a heterosexual relationship if it's not for mutual support and structural support to make the man to be all that the man can be. Uh, and, 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 you know, when you guys are, are pursuing that as females, um, the joy toward that goal will be um, satisfying because you will be operating in your lane. You'll be operating in your calling. You'll be preparing yourself for what God made you for. And, uh, and, and should he allow you to run across that, that young man who is willing to take on a life partner in that regard, um, you can be helpful to him rather than harmful to him. And, uh, and and that that's needed because the downline, the young people, the young teenagers under you and the young kids pre-adolescent need to see that kind of individuated, confident female, individuated, confident male, but understanding that you guys are not in competition. This is not about adversarial conflict between men and women. That is the lie of the Marxist, neo-Marxist, you know, antichrist system. We are to work together towards the building of what God called us in the beginning, the Imago Dei. In the image of God created he them, male and female created he him in the image of God. And so that really is the ultimate goal, in my opinion. Now, I want to say one more thing in caveat, you know, building yourselves up in your most holy faith as women um, is for your personal walk with God at the vertical level and for your help to society in general, the body of Christ and, and your own family, your own siblings, et cetera. In addition to that, the possibility of a mate and a spouse for which you both pray, uh, look for, and wait, and, uh, and and trust that if that's God's will, he'll bring that about. I think that that's the best way for women to be. This is exactly what I would tell my daughters. Be this way in the world. Attain as high a possible um, personal self-worth before God as you possibly could. Um, understand the benefits of a meritocratic principle, work hard, you know, be honest, um, work on your personality, on your character, have social skills, have, uh, you know, emotionally intelligent and socially intelligent skill sets. And, and you do, you're sensitive and you can be that way. And women can be that way so that you can avoid the stereotype of the alpha female that is willing to contend with men and dominate men and control men, because that's, that's never going to amount to anything but more more insecurity. Um, but of course, you've heard me say these things many times. And uh, not an easy task, uh, um, um, Adi, but it's, it's very much doable. I'll give you the last word before I let you go. No, yeah, I definitely agree. I've been trying to work on that a lot because I try not to feed so much into what social media says. And being that yeah. I know you've talked about us living in this blessed society where we really do because we're not suffering the stuff that old churches suffered where people burning down churches and coming right. and stuff like that i go to church right. every sunday we got security like that's a blessing and yep. i think sometimes i can take that for granted come home with a warm bed so i'm trying to grow more in who god wants me to be confidently in the lord and not myself because that can be kind of hard when you're doing what the world says be confident in you or it's like i'm not a confident person so why would i be confident in myself so just trying to grow more in what the, the Bible really tells us to do and mm -hmm. wait for that open door to talk to people about it and not be so aggressive mm -hmm. as I can be sometimes. 
That aggression needs assertiveness that's rooted in a confidence when you know what your mission is. That aggression is to be converted to assertiveness, which is rooted in confidence when you know what your assignment is. Um, we all want to be confident in our assignment. Humility and confidence are not mutually exclusive. Confidence is just knowing that God is with you, confideo, that is with God, the fidelity of relationship with God, and, and the humility to know that it's only the grace of God that he has equipped you with gifts to do things um, which other people can't do, and you do have them. The goal for me for young people is to find your gifts, and that if you got to explore 10 things before you come up with your prominent gifts, so be it, but explore those gifts. Do that because you're going to have to bring gifts to the table when you meet that right brother too, and he's going to have to bring gifts to the table because this is this is what is going to be required for us to make it in this world. Uh, whoever that may be, we got to come <clears throat> bearing gifts to work together mutually to accomplish the task for God's glory in this world. This is a word that I'm bringing to all young people, young females, as Adi is, and young males that are listening to me as well. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Sorry, John, I won't be able to get to you uh, today, uh, maybe in the future. Call me back, my dear brother, because I can see our time winding down. Uh, but I do want to invite you guys all out to our uh, fellowship barbecue on um, Saturday the 19th, week after next, uh, at Heather Farms Park. Uh, Grace Bible Church uh, Barbecue Fellowship is going to be off the chain. We always enjoy and have a great time. I will, of course, if we meet next Monday, remind you once again about that. And if you don't have a fellowship, join me at Grace Bible Church in Hayward Tuesdays at 6.30 for Bible study and prayer. Friday at 6.30 for Bible study. And then uh, 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings. Doors open up about 9 o'clock. We have a great time. A great time, a great time, this I say in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord calls his face to shine upon you, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.